during the search and rescue efforts. Unfortunately, Ron was exposed to harmful dust and debris. On the periphery of the CAT scan, there was lung nodules in my, in my lungs, and I was like shocked. I'm like, oh my God. And I knew it was the World Trade Center because I spent seven months there. Probably 10 to 15 year mark is when it really hit. There was a lot of people that had to retire due to disabilities. We gave you 40 million of stem cells. How was that experience? Amazing. I had no fatigue. I actually had the reverse. I had more energy. The two week mark after, my verbal skills, my uh, word retrieval was a heck of a lot better. Like I was spitting out words to where I, I, I don't remember saying that word in years. I made a pact to myself that I'm gonna be the uh, first disabled 9-11 responder to live to 100. And I'm gonna do that with the big tool of stem cells. Welcome to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast. This is where I have a chance to share with you some of the latest developments in the space of holistic health, longevity, and wellness. I have always honored intellectual curiosity and scientific rigor combined with real world practicality. My goal is that what you learn here will help you live longer and live better. Hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, welcome to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast again. Um, you, as you know, this podcast is all about bringing people healing, uh, wellness, longevity. So I invite different experts um, to come and shed light on different aspects of health and, and wellness. And today I have a very special guest and a little different from my usual guests. So I have Ron Pastino here with us. And um, Ron was actually a 9-11 responder, so I'll, I'll talk about his history a little bit, um, but he has his own health journeys that I think will be really helpful to share with everybody. So I want to welcome Ron to the podcast. Thanks, Dr. Joy. Good to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you. So let me introduce you a little bit to the audience. He is a veteran. He served uh, in the U.S. military and then went on to serve his community in the New York State Police Special Operations. And that's a career that he excelled at at the highest level. And he dedicated himself to work, faithfully fulfilling his duties regardless of the risks. And that all culminated in a seven-month assignment at Ground Zero following the 9-11 attack on the World Trade Center. And um, during the search and rescue efforts, unfortunately, Ron was exposed to harmful dust and debris. And this resulted in a change of the course of his life. So in addition to the physical and emotional challenges, the financial burden that the loss has placed on Ron and his family has been immense. Uh, Ron has been participating in cutting edge holistic treatments and in search for new types of treatment options to keep the lung disease from progressing. Uh, the treatment included stem cell therapy. Ron is a leadership and resilience speaker who teaches people to shift their mindset um, 15 degrees left or right. So we'll talk about that to find the positive solution to problems and success. Additionally, thinking outside the box with vision. That's what he believes in. And one quote um, that he talks about is perseverance is the synonym of victory. Beautiful quote. So thank you so much, Ron, for being here with me. Absolutely. I'm excited to uh, discuss uh, my story and uh, the, 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 the holistic treatments that are being successful for me. Yeah. And thank you so much for your service for the for this country and you know to New York State, so maybe you can share with the audience a little bit about um, um, just what happened. I think there was you know your experience with nine eleven and then what you think that did to your health. Thanks, Doctor Joy, and humbled by uh, the the compliment. Thank you. Um, I was in uh, New York State Police Special Operations. Um, I was a station commander that supervised all the statewide tactical operations, hunting the worst of the worst, terrorists, et cetera. We also did rescues in the Adirondack and Catskill Mountains, mountain rescues when they were needed, and bri bridge rescues. After the second plane hit the, uh, the World Trade Center, we then knew it was a terrorist attack. Uh, part of our team flew down and part of us drove down. I was on a drive team and uh, ultimately got down there. And it was, I'm speechless as to actually what it emotionally did to me, but 
we acted, we did our job and, uh, you know, went in to start rescuing people, but, you know, ultimately didn't and uh, ended up doing seven months of recovery work, evidence recovery and sensitive security assignments down there. Um, the plume of dust and debris was so immense it was hundreds of feet in the air as we drove down the West side highway into Manhattan. And, you know, I, I was in my late twenties then, and, and you're totally motivated and you're really not thinking about the, you know, physiological effects of, of dust and debris. You, you just don't think of that as a, as somebody that age or, or whatever, when you're going in to do your job. And we, we thought, you know, more like, um, other terrorist cells going to be, um, at, you know, we're going to be dealing with them. Uh, what yet it ultimately, um, came out to be, it was the dust and debris. That was the main culprit of a lot of our career endings in, in law enforcement and the first responder world. Um, we, you know, we wore masks after a few days down there, but, you're, you're in the area, you're in that contaminated zone. You have to take your mask off to um, eat, to go to the bathroom. You, know, you just can't wear it 12 hours a day nonstop and, and be so clinical about it. It's, it's just not realistic. So no matter what you do or did, yeah, you could prevent most of it, but yeah, the, uh, the, mo the majority of toxins were within the first three days, the harshest portions of that. And, you know, I, I know some colleagues that unfortunately passed of some diseases and cancers that did not spend more than a week or two on that pile, mm. but the evidence showed it was the first week. So that's, that's the potency of, you know, when you first go to these disaster areas and let me, let me highlight that this, you know, I, I ended up with a lung disease as a result of it 15 years after I never saw it coming, but this this correlates to the military burn pit folks folks from overseas where they burn their trash and and the uh, the soldiers and military personnel were breathing the toxins. It's the same same uh, substances, as well as uh, you know earthquake victims, um, natural disasters, what have you, where it creates this dust and debris. It's the same thing. So, you know, I just want to kind of get the message out to folks that the importance of preventative measures before you enter a scene or when you're in the scene to start those preventative measures. So, uh, you know, to get more into my story, um, I had some little lingering skin and sinus infections that I would get yearly after uh, my seven months time on the pile. I'd probably get six or seven sinus infections a year. Ultimately, I, I got that minimized, um, by utilizing the World Trade Center Health Health Fund to get me to an ear, nose, and throat doctor and and the neti pot, actually, you know, simple, holistic um, thing that that prevents me from getting these uh, sinus infections anymore. So it's something pretty pretty simple, easy that helped me. You basically almost had to be the professional athlete level to be on my team because it was a a tier one asset for the state of New York. So. You know, when when first responders needs help, they would call us. So it'd be the, the the top level of folks, and it was very competitive. It's like being in selection for your whole career. So um, how I knew something was wrong is I went on a simple three mile run at year fifteen in twenty sixteen, and I had a hard time breathing when it was nothing for me to run you know, 15 miles one day and 10 the next and, and just not even think about it and, and just what you did. So are you and saying the first 15 years after 9-11, you were feeling okay? It took 15 years and then it was like a light switch. It hit me. Mm -hmm. And you said there were frequent sinus infections. There was were. The, so were, were those the only sign that something was a little different? Yeah, for me. You know, there were other folks, you know, three, four years after they ended up with cancer and passing away. I, I've lost a lot of friends and colleagues to to an, these unfortunate cancers and diseases from 9-11. Uh, recently, I lost four um, colleagues uh, within the past few months, unfortunately. Um, so I ended up going to my personal doctor because I, I was having shortness of breath, which was very odd for me. And I just felt ill. 
And uh, he pres- he thought it maybe was my heart, so prescribed me a CAT scan of my upper chest to check my my heart and uh, did did a blood work and all that, what you would typically do. So I went and did the CAT scan, and uh, ultimately my heart was great. But on the periphery of the CAT scan, there was lung nodules in my in my lungs, and I was like shocked. I'm like, oh my god, what what the heck's going on? I've never smoked. I'm, I was the epitome of health, and I knew it was the World Trade Center because I spent seven months there. And uh, ultimately, and I'll bring this up as a point, Doctor Joy, because this is part of my recipe for success to tell others is to be your own self advocate, and I know you preach this too. Um, to trust your gut too. So the first uh, pulmonologist I ended up going to um, did not think it was a lung disease and thought it was maybe a fungal issue within my lungs. And I just knew he was wrong. And, and uh, you know, because when, when we would chase bad guys, we'd go into these uh, remote farms in upstate New York where, where there was fungal things going on. And he's like, that's probably what you got going on. Cause you're, you're always in those environments. And I trusted my gut. I ended up going down to wheel Cornell in New York city, the top pulmonologist there. And, uh, ultimately they were like, Oh my God, you probably have lymphoma. You definitely got a lung disease and it's all from nine 11. We got to get you in surgery like yesterday. So ultimately I had two, two surgeries. I lost a quarter of my right lung, they found granulomas uh, on my lymph nodes uh, in my in my chest, which they took all, most of them out, and then around my lungs. So, um, and then I got uh, two uh, focal lymphedema holes in the bottom of my lungs where the dust and debris settled. Your body, I thought this was pretty cool. Not cool that I have it, but <laughs> anyway, uh, your body does some cool things. Try to get rid of the, these holes open up to try to eliminate the uh, dust and debris out of your lung. Um, at that point, I, uh, I had to make a decision because the shortness of breath was affecting my uh, mental performance. I was in, in command of 55 people, special operations guys, and I did not want to make a bad decision and get somebody killed and, uh, you know, serve the public, public wrong, basically. So, I threw in the towel and uh, I heard retirement was good. Although in my mid forties, I was literally, I would still be there right now. I, I, I miss it dearly. Um, it, it was, it was who I am and, and I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I ultimately retired and uh, I had a, a rough couple year transition with uh, identity. You retired because you felt you couldn't perform your job adequately. Correct. Because yep. of the the lung conditions and and also your mental capacity, you're saying. Yeah, you know the shortness of breath, um, you know, affects your mental performance. You know, um, if if you're, you know, I like, I I could tell I was, you know, I I wasn't thinking straight because I was dealing with something that was so foreign to me, like a kink in my armor, and uh, I never thought that something would would put me to a knee like this. So um, I had to uh, figure out how to be a civilian and uh, figure out who I was. And uh, ultimately uh, it ended up being me getting back up on my feet after uh, believing in that quote, perseverance is a synonym of victory. Mm. And it's uh, a common story among 9-11 responders, basically having to get out of their career. It is. There, there's some people still working. They have minor symptoms, which they they can, but there's quite a few now. It, it, it was it, probably 10 to 15 year mark is when it really hit. There's a lot of people that had to retire due to disabilities or they died. Unfortunately, it's unfortunate all around. And I, I tell people that. Um, the 9-11 terrorist attacks are the longest acting terrorist attacks in history. They're still killing. Mm-hmm. They still are 20, 22 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So so you were in this um, health fund that helps veterans. Did you what kind of care did you get from it? Did you feel that was adequate for you? 
Um, it's a very good program that offers um, breathing tests to check your lung volume to, 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 you know, keep an eye on if you end up getting a lung disease so they can stay ahead of it. Um, blood work and a full medical evaluation, um, EKG, uh, an x-ray every couple of years. Uh, I think it's a, a good program to catch something, but um, after I um, started to understand um, you know, more of the medical world and thinking outside the box and trusting my gut, um, there's more that, that you can do. And look, it's, there's only so much each program can do because of the funding, because, because of the FDA rules and uh, which are prohibitive to, um, you know, certain stem cells and, and high end uh, outside the box uh, procedures. So I, uh, I just knew that it wasn't, wasn't enough for what, what I needed because I'm a big prevention guy um, and I'm, I'm watching colleagues die around me and I'm like, I don't want that. You know, I, I want to, I'm not going to let these terrorists take me out and not that they, you know, they didn't fight. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a special operations guy. I'm like, there's, there's more, you know, I got to shift my mindset 15 degrees left and think about other ways and methods to that I don't even know about. And I got to research and find and, and take these new, new, uh, treatments and stuff. And that's what I did hours and hours of, of internet searches and then talking to certain doctors that lead me in a different direction. And, and, and ultimately, you know, I, I became my own shaman and, uh, started figuring out a recipe for success. And, and, uh, and, and what I found was that pharmaceuticals played the part in this, but I was getting better results for anti-inflammation, you know, feelings from the, the holistic world, oddly enough, which I thought was excellent. Like, so I, I take an array of uh, supplements that's as long as a kitchen counter, it's expensive. I spend probably $5,000 a year on, on these supplements, but, um, they're part of my recipe. They're part of me still being on this planet. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example, which, which even motive motivated me more. I ended up going, uh, I had a, I, I reached out to a charity called boot campaign. Cause I was at wits end. I, I just kept internet searching. I'm looking for help. I reached out to these wellness charities and Finally, uh, I get through to one and, and boot campaign is, and I'm still a participant actually and a brand ambassador for them. They're, they're excellent. They provide, um, services, um, with meditation, counseling, heart rate, variability training, which is another recipe for success. And I'm going to get really granola on you, but the granola is what saved lives. In, in my opinion, it's why I'm still here. So I ended up going down to the Cooper clinic down in Dallas, Texas. It's a one-stop shop where, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of rich and famous go there. Cause you can go you're, within 12 hours. You see pretty much every doc that you need to see, which would take up to a year of scheduling to get you through it. It takes one day. Mm. So <clears throat> my doc at the end of it, you get a cat scan and all that too. Um, at the end of it, he goes, Ron, I, I got to commend you. He goes at looking at everything and all your, your paperwork and notes and, and your cat scan, you shouldn't be here by now. You, it was, it's, it's because of you and your fortitude and you're thinking outside the box and all this other stuff you're doing is why you're here. And that even motivated me more because I'm, that scared me because I'm like, holy cow, like I'm, I keep dodging this bullet because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm being preventative and staying ahead of it. So, um, again, and I'm shifting my mindset left and right, 15 degrees, because if I hit hit a, hit a stumbling block, like, Oh, where, where's the answer? Where's the answer? So you got to keep chipping away your mindset ideas, spitballing it. And then eventually the, the, uh, the good, you know, the proper solution will pop up. It always will, but you got to change the mindset. So, um, I, I have, um, done oxygen while working out. They call it uh, HBOT. Uh, for probably six years now with a, a Livo 2 machine. A, a lot of the professional athletes do it. 
Um, oxygen is a recipe for success for anybody for, for longevity and prevention of disease. Um, I do it pretty much daily as part of, part of, uh, you know, what that's one protocol. Oh, the other thing I want to get across to, uh, the audience is, is I'm a big believer in the hybrid approach. Um, I'm not a staunch holistic, Hey, it's gotta be holistic or nothing. No. Um, I'm a realistic, we, we live in a world that's um, very challenging with all the pollutants that we have. And, um, there are, you know, certain pharmaceuticals that are good and, and that you should take in combination so that, you know, I, I am not opposed to that approach. There, there's a win. That's a recipe for success for the, the, the hand that we are dealt on this planet right now. So you have to think asymmetrically, you have to, uh, embrace it all but embrace each tool in that toolbox would work, work specifically for you individually. Um, so I, uh, I was at the, the end of the road where like, I think I'd done every technique on the planet that I knew of mm. to keep me alive and keep me ahead of this disease and to try to wean me off of some of the pharmaceuticals I was on, because if you don't have to be on them, why would you want to put a chemical in you? Why not just be natural? So um, I, I started to, and I've heard about stem cells throughout the years, but I never really understood them. And, and then I started to do a deep dive on it and, and read the success stories and watch the success stories on YouTube. And I'm like, holy cow, that's exactly what I need. So I made a pact to myself at, I'm going to be the, uh, first disabled 9-11 responder to live to 100. And I'm going to do that with, with multiple tools in the toolbox with the, uh, the big tool of stem cells because stem cells, and I'm pretty good at understanding, I, I you know, I, I'm a self-proclaimed shaman of stem cells now with your guidance, Dr. Joy, <laughs> <laughs> but I know a lot about them now, but, uh, they literally just go in and, uh, fight inflammation and regrow tissue. What better for a lung disease? So there's a lot of misinformation out there in the U.S. in regards to whether you can get stem cells in the U.S. or not. I I knew I didn't know what I didn't know. So um, I just know that uh, I I knew there were several places in South America on some some of the uh, shows that I watch and and people that I know and heard that went to these places. So I just. I heard the FDA doesn't allow in the U.S. and this and that. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to go to South America. So I ended up right. You're caught in part of the misinformation. <laughs> I, I was totally. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to even find on, on an internet, internet search to, to really figure that out. Because there's tar targeting of these clinics and not allowing them to promote and advertise. So it's absolutely, that's probably why you can't find it. You know, there's definitely a systematic suppression going on. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, and I'm going to help reverse that. Um, so I ended up going to uh, Mexico to uh, a clinic down there and uh, uh, went down there to, to get 150 million stem cell IV infusion. Um, you know, the, they'll, if you got a, a bum knee or a shoulder, they'll inject your shoulder and you can get IV, you, you can get both, both. However, um, I only needed IV infusion. So, uh, I went down, did that. And what uh, kind of cells were these? They're the mesochymal stem cells. Yeah. From uh, birth tissue, the, um, okay. and cord. Yep. Look 25, yeah. 25, uh, your female or, or younger, um, C-section birth, medically tested, no COVID vaccine, really, really uh, safe, safe, successful option. So um, I did that. And uh, about two months after is when uh, I really started to notice my breathing got better and my, my energy and my, you know, I, I was, I was actually in, in between there is when I found you, Dr. Joy, because mm -hmm. I, I don't give up. Like I'm at, I'm like, all right, I did these stem cells. What's the next best option? Who, who, who else out there does this? I started looking in the U S and, and ultimately I ran into you on YouTube. Yeah. And, 
Uh, so just to clarify, you had mentioned that you actually experienced extreme fatigue after the stem cell treatment, correct? I for, did. For a couple of months. I did, yes. And you were able to connect with like about 20 other patients when you were at that clinic at the same time? Yes. Yeah, everybody in my co cohort there had experienced the fatigue, um, which, you know, I, I chalked off to that's the tissue regrowing. I found myself wanting to almost be, be like a baby. I just wanted to eat and sleep. That's all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And literally, if I tried to even try to work out, I couldn't. It, the fatigue was pretty, pretty substantial mm. for, for several months. And then uh, it finally, it finally went away. Okay. So at the time you thought that was necessary for healing. Yes. I, okay. again, I, I'm pioneering this effort for, you know, the, the 9-11 veteran and uh, first responder community. I'm like, all right, this is what, what you do. You know, you get tired after you get stem cells. And then you went back for a second time, correct? I did. It was uh, a two for one deal. So, um, it's part of, I think, an FDA study they're trying to put together down there. And uh, you go back for 30 million more um, IV infusion. And uh, I, I went back there three months later at the three month mark. And uh, I had about two weeks of fatigue after not even close to what the first one was. And then it subsided. But I, I chalked that off to it because it was a lot less stem cells. Right, right. And we, we can talk about that, you know, why you may have experienced fatigue and what that was. And um, did you experience further relief in your symptoms after the second treatment? I was about the same as it, when I felt it at the two-month mark after the first dose. So my my breathing felt the same. I Look, I was better. I was better than, than where I started in, in, in uh, from the first treatment. I definitely was like, this is the way to go. Stem cells is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I, I felt a lot better, a lot stronger. My breathing could be deeper. Um, my uh, my uh, workouts could be a lot stronger and I could perform more to where I almost felt like I wasn't disabled anymore. Mm. I was like, right. this is awesome. And then, uh, And then how long after that did you come to our clinic? Two months. All right. And what's your experience after the treatment uh, we gave you? We gave you 40 million of stem cells. Yeah. How was that experience? Amazing. Um, I had no fatigue. I actually had the reverse. I had more energy. I, uh, I Interesting enough, I noticed with about the two-week mark after my verbal skills my uh word retrieval was a heck of a lot better like i was spitting out words to where i i, I don't remember saying that word in years mm, wow. i was like i sound educated all of a sudden again uh, <laughs> so i mean I, I dealt with ptsd a little bit of tbi and you know age um and i'm sure that the toxins that i breathe affected my brain as well um I, i'll tell you remarkable remarkable on my my uh the, the mental status like what it has done for me with uh my focus and my word retrieval and it, it seems to just get better it's we're at the two month after mark um mm -hmm. now and it just keeps keeps holding strong and my, my my breathing's been at a different level it now got even better to where i'm you know, there, there are days where I just don't even feel that I have a disability. I'm good to go. Wow, that's wonderful. That's so good to hear. Yeah, my suspicion of why you were getting the fatigue from those treatments in, in, in Mexico and, and pretty much in all overseas location, they use very similar um, methods, which is to get the stem cells. They can get it from your own body or from the birth tissue. I, I definitely think the birth tissue will be superior for most, you know, in most cases, you know, most people, when they get older, their cells are going to degrade in quality. So the birth tissue is vastly superior in potency. Um, but the problem with all these overseas locations, there's a reason that it went overseas. 
is because they don't have to participate in the kind of clinical study that's required to use expanded cells in the U.S. So if they want to give you large number cells, then they have to do it overseas if they want to avoid all the money that needs to be spent and time and energy that that's required if they have to do in the U.S. So they won't be able to make as much money if they do in the U.S. and and it's a lot of hassle. So people just move overseas. So in Mexico, Colombia, Panama, you know, in, in all these places, very, very similar. So they expand the cells and it sounds great, right? I'm giving you 150 million cells instead of the 40, you know, that I'm giving you. It sounds you know, a lot less and, you know, kind of paltry in comparison to these large numbers, because I've heard numbers of 150, 200, 300. So you have to realize it's very easy to give people those kind of numbers because the the 300 million cells is not going to cost very much more than 150 million cells because you're just growing them in cultures. So with large number of passages, the passages is each time when you change the cells from a culture medium to another culture medium, each time you do that, um, there's there are going to be changes, especially after three or four, we call those passages. So then you can, I mean, each passage, you get a lot more cells, not just doubling of cells, there's many generations before you need to change to a new medium between, you know, before you get to a new passage. So you're getting tremendous number of cells, especially if you keep, you know, moving them to a new container, you know, dividing them, moving them to new con- container, then you can really almost like growing cells on trees. You just keep expanding them. And the more you expand, the more they, w- they will have their own genetic expressions. So they will start to express the surface markers that's consistent with the donor, you know, not a recipient. When the cells are in the human body, if it's in a recipient, recipient body, then it has a tendency to learn to adapt to the new environment. But if you're just growing them in a petri dish or in a culture medium in an incubator, um, there's no signals to tell the cells what direction they, they should divide. And their tendency is to they get a little stressed. So they start to express surface markers, start to differentiate a little bit. And that is what's going to cause your new the new body, the recipient body to not recognize what is this because this is no longer stem cells stem cells have very few surface markers that actually mark them as foreign so they can go in almost like you know i'm a blank cell i'm not going to affect how you function but when you start to expand the cells then all of a sudden they have all these markers that show them who they were before they were you know at, at same as a donor so your body start to mount an immune reaction so that's what i've heard in a lot of these clinics um overseas that people are having serious reactions. Sometimes when they give them treatment three times in a week, the first treatment, they may have no reaction because your body is like, okay, you know, I, you know, these are new cells. But by the time they were given second treatment, a few days later, they're having an immune reaction by the third time is very strong reaction because your body just got primed and learned how to attack these cells. So I'm not surprised that you were getting significant fatigue, you, in your words, extreme fatigue. And um, yes, when you were given less cells, this space fairly far apart, three months, um, then the fatigue is not going to be as much as profound because you weren't given as much foreign material for your body to react to and your body probably has calmed, calmed down a little bit. So so that's a potential issue. Um, so just a the high number doesn't equate to high efficacy. Actually, I've seen studies showing higher numbers, a 10 times the number of cells compared to unexpanded cells, giving less results, maybe 70% efficacy. So you're reducing your efficacy. So that's something I think you were obviously not aware of because that was not talked about, you know, in all the marketing material from these locations, they just say, we're giving you so many cells and this is fantastic. So there's no fine prints for you to understand the nuances. Yeah. So I'm glad that you kept digging. (laughs) Yes, totally. Do you know what else uh, that I wanted to get across is um, I was never taught or, you know, told that, you know, exosomes are uh, a great add on. Um, and, and I don't even think those clinics are doing them down there, but I know that, you know, you added, you know, a high dose of exosomes to my treatment. You know, it, it, it is it, again, remarkable, the difference in 
the anti-inflammatory properties within days, within mm. days, and lack of fatigue, more energy. Um, and the other thing too is, um, yeah, I was told not to work out. Like, let you know, don't don't do anything for three months. Which for me, I've never done that in my whole life. I've been physically, you know, I've been mar in martial arts for thirty years, and um, you know, doing what I did. It's just not who I am. And, and I was worried about getting major depression from not working out too. Yeah. So I actually got two months in and that's when I ended up reaching out to you and you were like, no, you can start working out now. I'm like, thank God. I know. And, I don't know if you saw my face when I heard that. I was like, what kind of advice are they giving people? You mean, this is only one of the most important things to activate all your innate capabilities for healing. So to tell people not to exercise, it just, uh, you know, unless you injured certain tendons and bones and you were trying to get those to heal, um, there's really no good reason to tell people not to do that for themselves. Yeah. And and I tell you, as soon as I did start working out, I started feeling a lot better. My circulation was going and, and uh, my breathing was even getting better after that first treatment. So um, literally, heck, after, uh, you know, the treatment you gave me the, the following day when I got back to New York, I worked out and I I felt great. That's I awesome. went to the sauna, too. You, you know, oh, the other thing too, they bring <laughs> don't do any uh, cold or hot treatments. And uh, I'm a big believer in those for longevity. And you had told me, you know, the opposite. Right. <laughs> Go ahead and, you know, activate your body's healing potentials, you know, use these, um, you know, all, all these new technologies. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't even know where people got these ideas um, of uh, avoiding these, you know, these very important therapies. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the first few days, you maybe you want to give your body some rest, you know, that's, that, that makes sense, you know, first two, three days, but um but I don't think it is an issue to work out the next day. You know, I really, I don't, I just, you know, mild, right. You don't want to overexert yourself, but start, you know, walking, you know, mild exercise, I think is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you actually decided to come back for another treatment. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I know that again, I'm going to be the first 9-11 responder to reverse his, his my disease. I'm, I'm doing it. I'd feel it. Um, I am, uh, confident that it's working just the way I feel. And then, uh, when I, I get a cat scan here, uh, next spring will validate that. Yeah. Wonderful. And I know you're also working to help other first responders to get some help. Yes, I am, uh, you know, working diligently here to figure out ways, uh, through charitable means to get a pipeline going for, 9-11 responders and burn uh, veteran burn pit folks with similar diseases from the toxins to get, get the same stem cell therapies that, you know, I get through you. So um, I'm working uh, behind the scenes to uh, get that done uh, with Dr. Courtney too. And uh, you know, and yourself. And I, I think we're, we're going to make it happen quicker than we thought. Hmm. Do you sense a lot of resistance when it comes to stem cell treatment and getting some kind of approval? That's a great question. Um, that That is part of the initiative here is to get the World Trade Center uh, medical program, which is um, supervisor ran by NIOSH, which is a federal government entity under the CDC. They report to the CDC um, to um, authorize at least a study on this because um because of the uh the gray area of it not being FDA approved but a physician can actually uh, provide the services as a infusion you can speak more about that but uh, the, the tissue infusion NEMD can do it I guess so um for them to recognize it with uh, a study that you know you're putting together um for us to present to the federal government so it'll then be funded by the federal government for you know these responders to get these treatments to help them live longer it works these yeah. cells work it's it's no joke it's for real um the beyond what i have 
um, torn ligaments, um, you know, the PTSD stuff. It, it works amazing. I, I can't get get it across um, enough to to everybody out there. When you say PTSD stuff, what do you mean by that? The cells going up and, and repairing the uh, the tissue up in up in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I saw some of the participants in your your study on on YouTube. That, amazing, by the way. Mm, you mean traumatic uh, brain injury? Yep. Okay. I feel so much more mentally better and clearer headed as a result of these stem cells, which minimizes any PTSD symptoms. And you know the small little TBI that I have, um, it, it it's helped just just by uh, you know the treatment. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, to answer your question, I mean, a point you raised about, you know, whether or not stem cell treatment is legal in the U S I've talked about this, you know, definitely as a medical provider, if you're using cells that are minimally uh, manipulated, which means that they have not been processed by chemicals or enzymes and they have not been expanded, right. Grown to huge numbers in cultures. So if these were original cells separated from the donor as a doctor, we have the ability to give it to another person as a tissue transplant. And it's still considered experimental unless we're treating a blood disorder. So if somebody has lymphoma, has some kind of, uh, yeah, some blood disease, and the treatment is to wipe out their own bone marrow and then transplant the stem cells to replenish. So in that case, it is FDA approved. And that's the only place that you can make a claim saying, yes, stem cells can treat these conditions, but for everything else is considered off-label. So, which means that if there's, you know, current literature, because a lot of medicine, probably 60, 70% of medicines practiced uh, based on what's called standard of care, not based on FDA approval. Um, I can't tell you how many drugs that were used, you know, 80% of the time we're using the drug is not doesn't have an FDA indication, but that's what commonly what's commonly accepted in the medical community um, that this is established um, with efficacy and safety. So everybody's doing it, all the doctors are doing, it, and that's accepted as a medical uh, uh, treatment, even though there's no FDA approval. So in this case, for stem cells, that's one reason I founded American Academy of Integrated Cell Therapy is to gather these clinical evidence from around the world of what kind of standard has been created to help various conditions. I mean, from head to toe, if any, you know, anyone is interested in taking the course, um, they will see the breakdown, you know, of all these organ systems and disease categories. I have over 30 categories, you know, the lung is one category, you know, the liver and eye, you know, the musculoskeletal, neurological. So within each category, there's further division, right? Very, very um, nuanced division of different diseases. So, um, there's a lot of research. Some are clinical, a lot are clinical on humans, and a lot of them are on, on animals. Um, IV infusion is a mainstay of these treatments. Some are local injections, but the IV therapy has been shown in, in tremendous number of diseases, you know, even for musculoskeletal, um, but for brain diseases, you know, lung, heart, liver, other type of uh, autoimmune diseases. Um, So for various organs and various disease categories, there's a lot of research. So based on that, that's why doctors, you know, at least have some legs to stand on, right? I'm giving you this because there's some evidence. And also we have evidence of how the stem cells work. There may be some diseases that are really obscure and there's nobody that's putting the money and energy to study but if you understand why the disease come into play, then we can figure out whether or not we can dovetail how the cells work to that disease. And it's still considered experimental because we don't have the FDA approval. So you need to, as doctors, we need to explain to patients adequately, yes, you know, maybe there's some clinical studies or maybe there's none, but then this is how the cells work. And there's, of course, there's never guarantee in results in medical practice. I mean, I, I've yet to find a doctor who's going to guarantee results for, for any treatment because everybody reacts so differently. But um, the degree, the percentage of people that respond, it's, it's, it's remarkable. 
you know, in, in my practice and in all the doctors I've trained. So it's about um, giving people treatment, um, giving people transplantation, which is allowed for any doctors to provide, and then having a leg to stand on as far as clinical evidence, as established evidence from medical community around the world. So the United States is one of the most active research centers, uh, but China is extremely active when it comes to stem cells and, and also some locations it, you know, in Europe, Italy, Spain, you know, very active. So yeah, it, it's um, new evidence keeps coming out which is very exciting. You know, the, you know, people keep asking me questions. What about this disease? What about that disease? So I'm, I keep learning. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling very hopeful and I'm very glad that I could be on this journey with you and, uh, and help more people who are in desperate need. Just like you said, you've lost so many colleagues. I mean, I can't imagine. Um, I mean, you, you are still young, right? You're in your early fifties and and you've lost so many colleagues. I mean, all these are young. You know, they probably lost their life in their forties and early fifties. This is yeah. you know not acceptable. So, and and not just people who have, you know, been through the World Trade Center or burn pit. There are a lot of other um, natural disasters, right? That could cause the same similar issues and you know extreme environmental toxins exposures. Yes, that's correct. And and I'll tell you, one thing I wanted to get across to the audience too is, and I tell a lot of the 9-11 responders this, hey, have you had a CAT scan? Like, no, they just give us a, an x-ray every couple, couple of years. I'm like, you got to get a CAT scan. That's the only way you're going to find stuff immediately, especially lung nodules, because lung nodules do not pop up on x-rays. So the limitations of the program are are there and it's it's proven so i i get the word out even beyond responders um i think i don't think it's a bad idea just as a you know a human to to get these cat scans maybe once every couple of years at least an, a, an upper torso one to look for things that may you know that that mds aren't going to find even on blood work so mm -hmm. um it's that outside of the box approach and uh really not taking no for an answer and, and, you know, kind of questioning the protocols that are, that are out there already. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, looking at, at all these holistic techniques and, and look, they all work in culmination together. So the supplements that you have me on and the, the ones that I've personally been taking for years, it's all the recipe for success. And then, you know, with the stem right. cells, we grow, it's, you, you got to have that, uh, that hybrid approach and, uh, be, be willing to be all in with it too. And, and on the psychological end, meditation, I'm a big believer in it. Um, it, it, if you have your, your, your body in, in tune with the universe, basically, and, and, you know, stress, stress kills, it really does. It's physiological, um, and, and, uh, that's another tool in the toolbox is right. the psychological end. Right. Stress and fear. Those will drag you down a whole different path. Whereas if you invoke hope and, and visualizing healing, that's going to take you on a whole other direction. I think this is why medicine is an art, right? You're incorporating different things. And even in my stem cell treatment, I'm incorporating different aspects. I get people ozone therapy right before the stem cells. It's all part of the one, one package, right? The different supplements that target different things. We want to enhance blood flow. We want to detox the body. We want to deliver all the you know in, in, in important trace minerals. And we want to give in, essential amino acids to the body to rebuild and, and we want to mobilize the stem cells out of the bone marrow and keep them circulating. And we want to uh, help the body, you know, with its own antioxidant capabilities. So there are different things that we can target to to put in one. And there's, there's, I mean, you were doing um, hyperbaric oxygen on your own, which is fantastic. Um, so there, there's so many things that can be put together. Um, I think everything add a little bit. This is one reason I started adding different components because I figured if I could get bump people's healing potential up even by two, 3% by each modality I'm in, introducing. So if I'm introducing five, maybe I'm giving them 10% extra, 
but hey, that's that's important to you know to their healing, and then they can get the you know do the stem cell treatment less, right? We can prolong the results that they they're sustaining. So it's all about putting everything together to achieve the maximum, the best we can do at this point. <laughs> that right there is the recipe for success. Right mm-hmm. there is <laughs> is constantly hedging our bets with you know those essential amino acids, you know, in the ozone and in uh, yeah, it's. It's uh, the recipe for success. I got to say it again. It's it's a badass, yeah. formidable one too. Wonderful, and of course, that's going to keep evolving. You know, the more you know, I keep going to conferences. I keep you know, keep up talking with my colleagues. Um, you know, if there's new things I can implement that that, that imp- implement, then I I would I'll do that. You know, so um, I one last thing. You know, I'm sure um, there'll be people who have been dealing with their own health issues or have been exposed to some, you know, environmental toxins, maybe some may want to get in touch with you to find out how you've been able to, you know, achieve such remarkable results in your healing, or even be involved in some of these projects you are um, embarking on to help others. Um, and, and and maybe other 9-11 responders and, um, and, and veterans may want to reach out to you. How do they get a hold of you? My email is Maligator, just like uh, alligator, but Maligator, because I was a dog <laughs> guy too with the Belgian Malinois. So it's M-A-L-I-G-A-T-O-R, the number one at iCloud.com. You can find me on Instagram, Ron the Tactical Don, and uh, Facebook as well. My name, Ron Pastino. Love the help uh, from any of the audience with, uh, you know, a charitable avenue to uh, start putting this study together with Dr. Joy and, and Courtney to help others and to get this recognized by the federal government. It's a win-win. Fantastic. I'll put uh, your contact info in the show notes as well so people can uh, easily access. Yeah, so this is a great conversation. Thank you so much for, you know, for your tenacity so you can inspire others. And, and, and again, for all the service that you have done for, you know, for others. Thanks, Doc. Thanks for having my back and, and being my doctor. Yes, it's my pleasure and honor. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed the content. And if so, please rate and follow this podcast. To reach me, you can contact Uplift Longevity Center. That is Uplift with a Y. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Joy Kong MD. See you next time.